I don't participate in the national debate anymore. Because the one thing I've never heard anyone say is, I stand corrected. The only minds we have control over changing is our own. The very best we can hope with others is to inspire them. And the most effective way to inspire is with love, authenticity, and by creating in an environment where people are willing to listen to what you have to say. If you're tired of all the blame and political gridlock, if you're tired of waiting around hoping politicians will fix our broken financial system, if you're ready to take simple steps to make lasting change, you've come to the right place. Ready to be inspired? This is the Crowd Effect Podcast. I am your host, Paul Lovejoy, activist investment advisor at Stakeholder Enterprise. Today's big story that I'm talking about is the U.S. Virgin Islands versus the world's most powerful bank, Chase. Uh, now, the Virgin Islands is alleging that Chase Bank uh, benefited from a sex trafficking operation that was going down in the Virgin Islands with uh, the ringleader being none other than Jeffrey Epstein. But before I get into that news story, uh, I want to tell you uh, a personal story. Uh, when I was 13, I worked for my uh, grandmother during the summer, and she had me doing some odd jobs, uh, uh, destroying uh, documents, filing papers for her business, um, things like that, you know, uh, office work, assistant office work. And, you know, there'd be, there's other things I'd rather be doing, uh, with my time on, you know, as a 13 year old on summer break, but I did this, uh, a couple of days a week anyways, uh, for not a, a lot, I made $300 that summer and I used that money to buy a television. It's one, a 19 inch, you know, box television. Uh, this is 1989. And I love that TV. Uh, within the first few months of owning that TV, I watched the very first episode of The Simpsons on it. And I've had that TV all throughout high school. Uh, when I went away to college, I drove it from California to New York. Um, and then when I finished college, I drove it to the mountains of Colorado where I used it there. And then I ended up driving it back to California, uh, where I was, you know, working and I still had this TV. I had that TV up until 2008. So 19 years I had this TV and by then there was flat screen TVs. Uh, you know, I, I still had this, this TV, uh, anyways, I, I didn't keep it after that. Um, still working, but just, just couldn't bring it with me on my next move, uh, and so let's fast forward to 2011 and my wife and I, we were shopping for a sofa and this uh, store that we were shopping in that day happened to have this giveaway of uh, buy a sofa, get a free, a flat screen TV. Uh, and we didn't know about this promotion, but that's not why we were in there. We wanted to get a sofa. They had a sofa that we liked and we ended up getting this free TV. Now, much nicer than the TV that uh, I bought, but um, I don't even know where that TV is. I, I don't think we brought it from the move in Oklahoma to here in Hawaii. 
Um, and, and ultimately it's because we value things that we earn. Um, and we just don't appreciate, uh, you know, the things that are, are given to us or, or that we, that we don't earn. Um, and I, I want to trans transition my personal story to, uh, Jeff Epstein. Uh, here is someone, uh, who doesn't value, uh, uh underage girls or women. Um, and he, that's because he never had to work to earn their uh, love, uh, for him. Um, you know, money can, can buy a lot of things, but it can't buy that. It can't buy intimate uh, affection, you know, sincere affection. And that's why uh, he didn't value them as uh, because he never earned it. And so now that there's this huge lawsuit against uh, Chase um, and the U.S. Virgin Islands uh, is, is the ones uh, leading this, this case against Chase. And some things that I've learned uh, uh, about this case are in 2006, that's when uh, the asset and wealth management chief of Chase Bank, Mary Erdos, admitted in a deposition to knowing about the accusations against Jeff Epstein of paying cash to have underage girls brought to his home. So as early as 2006, a Chase, a Chase executive, Mary Erdos, admitted to knowing about the accusations. Okay, these are just accusations, but uh, this is when uh, the first the first time that they're being made aware. Uh, in 2010, uh, compliance officers uh, made Chase executives aware that uh, Jeff Epstein has uh, these irregular and unusual uh, transactions uh, going on in his bank accounts. And it set up all these kind of red flags, uh, especially with these accusations swirling around. And there was a compliance officer who thought that this would this was hush money being paid to victims um, and using uh, the, the the bank accounts from Chase to to pay off these victims. Um, now, in in 2011, Epstein was convicted for soliciting a underage girl for prostitution, and he was convicted, served almost a, a year in prison for it. Uh, but but Chase didn't cut their ties with uh, Epstein. Uh, they, they still kept him on as a client. Um, and there was a senior compliance officer, uh, official, um, you know, was aware of this and these irregular uh, transactions were still happening. And uh, this the senior uh, compliance official was part of the anti-money laundering uh, division of Chase. And now they went up to the head of the Chase Investment Bank, uh, a fellow by the name of Jess Stately, and said, hey, uh, we should exit our relationship with this guy. He's bad news. Um, and uh, this this compliance officer in the deposition also noted that uh, the head of the, the investment bank at Chase was an associate, uh, a, a colleague, and perhaps even a friend of Jeff Epstein. And uh, this this uh, head of the investment bank, Jess Stately, 
reassured uh, the compliance officials and his staff that he spoke with Jeff Epstein and that uh, he assured them that the allegations against him are false. There's nothing to it. He's he's not a sex trafficker. Um, and so there were these other meetings still involved with uh, the with Jeff uh, Jeff Stately, Mary Erdos, the general counsel of Chase. They had meetings, uh, 2010, 2011, um, about this, and they didn't cut ties with Jeff Epstein until 2013. So for seven years, uh, Chase Bank was aware. Uh, executives were was aware of uh, the accusations, and in 2011, they were aware that he was a convicted convicted of soliciting uh, underage prostitutions. So, from there, from for two years, they still knew. Now, Chase it has gone on and filed a suit against this head of the investment bank, uh, Jess Stately. They they filed their own suit. Uh, because I, and I get it, they have these protocols that are in play. It's a corporate operation, and uh, they're claiming that Jess Stately um, ignored the corporate pro- protocols to to keep on his friend uh, Jeff Epstein a, as a client. Um, so I I think I I do think that uh, this guy J- Jess Stately. Uh, certainly was turning a blind eye on this. Uh, and it's it's tragic, the whole situation that that happens. But this is what happens when, uh, you know, big banks, you have this concentration of wealth and this concentration of power. Uh, this one guy, Jess Stately, has, was, is holding all this power. You have the compliance officers saying, hey, this guy is bad news. And there, there's this one guy uh, who is saying, no, don't worry about it, uh, because he ha- he's connected, uh, personally connected with, with Epstein, That's allegedly. Um, so th- this, is the pro- uh, this is the problem with this, this concentration of wealth and, and concentration of power. Just stately, he runs the investment bank at Chase. And... Really, what that means is that he's in charge of uh, the private market of investments, of of, of getting Chase clients um, the best uh, investments that the world has to offer, which are in the private market. And this leads into my financial tip of the day: um, invest in the in the private market. Uh, right now, you know, in the past. Who was in, who is in charge of the the most powerful bank in the world? Who was in charge of investing in the private market uh, for 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 the most powerful bank? A guy that's allegedly uh, friends with a known sex trafficker. Uh, one of the most horrific stories in the last decade, um, and and this is who is. Uh, heading the private market investments. There's this concentration of power that that's happening um, where some of the most horrible people are in these powerful positions. Uh, as a financially speaking, it's in all of our self-interest to invest in the private market. 
but not only that, it's in our own self-interest to decentralize the power of the people who are the gatekeepers of the private market investment. And, and that's the only way the general public can invest in the private market is through crowd investing, through crowd lending, equity crowdfunding, and real estate crowdfunding and alternative and other alternative crowdfunding investments. Um, this is a way to decentralize the power of these horrible people that are in charge right now of, you know, gatekeepers of the private market. Uh, and it's a way that uh, just regular people can gain access to this private market and, and shape it in a way that helps uh, our, our, our future economy, that helps the world. Um, this, the private market is where companies are formed and shaped and, and where the, the culture is created. And right now, the culture is being created by people like Jess Stately, uh, who are pals with sex traffickers. So it's in all of our financial self-interest and just the, in, the, the self-interest of humankind for us to become crowd investors. My name is Paul Lovejoy. I am a crowd investor and I see you are one too. If you'd like to know how to fix our broken financial system democratically without protesting or divisive political action, go to stakeholderenterprise.com.